Okay, well, uh, welcome to the Tabletop Gaming Magazine podcast. I guess. Yeah. Our last podcast started with us talking about the last day of school. <laughs> yes, and now we're back at school. There is um, no glitter. But not for long because it's lockdown. <laughs> it's lockdown, yeah. You feel like you come back and you're like, oh, right, school starts again. We're, we'll carry on. And then, nope, we're, everybody's banished to their homes. Yeah. Hmm. So seeing as we're stuck at home, three-player games now become slightly more difficult. Yes. Uh, we return to the uh, uh, the fact that we won't be reviewing many three-player games in the future <laughs> because most of our uh, reviewers... Um, uh, don't have like polyamorous relationships with um, uh, <laughs> with like several people they live with, uh, as neither neither of us do either, uh, as far as I'm aware. I don't no. delve that deep into your private life. No, I did try and make the cats play a game, but the lack of thumbs and sort of general aggression yes. and required to snooze didn't help with anything. So they've been sacked as potential review helpers. Yes, exactly. So it's uh, we, we're using um, captive partners. Yes, that we have. Yep. Uh, for the most part, um, but that's all fine. That's all fine. One day we'll catch up on all the games we've missed out because of the player count. Yeah, I sort of imagine like we'll do like I'm thinking big scale party, but board game party where we all sort of go right. I've got a six player game and no one Absolutely. to play it with. So then there's just all of us in sort of one room going right. We're going to play this one and we're going to play this one and we're going to play that one and yeah. bundle through some. That's the dream. That's, That's the dream. dream. And then, and hopefully, hopefully, when when this virus is over, we will we will be able to do that. Um, but today, today, we're going to talk about um, reality instead. Oh, uh, why? So I think we're going to talk about um, a few things uh, in the upcoming issue mm-hmm. uh, at the point of recording, um, and we're also going to talk about some games we've played, yeah. uh, how we've played them. Mm. Uh, and and we've that's mixed it. success. We, we, yes, we've mixed success. Um, so, do you, do you want to start with with what you've been playing and how you've been playing them? Yeah. So, I obviously play a lot of games generally and for review. And one of the ones that's also upcoming um, in either this or the next issue is Pitch Storm. Um, now, it's a party game, which immediately sort of makes you worry when it comes to uh, playing at the moment. Um, and basically, it, it, do you know what? It's a really nice card game. You get given your person, you get given your event, and you're an unprepared writer, and you have to pitch that person and that event as a story. So it might be something quite innocuous, like an old man, um, and then your thing is finds God or something like that. Hmm. Partway through, then you need to partway through your pitch when you're pitching that to the person that's playing the executive. The executive then goes, hold up, hold up, I'm going to interject. I'm going to interject. Pitch Storm's about pitching movie producers. Yes, yeah. yeah. Or you can you. I'll come on to it actually. But you can you can play it as series instead, which I think works, oh, okay, actually like works better. Yeah. yeah okay. Um. Because then you swap one person pitch the series, and then mm. the next person the second and the third, and mm-hmm. trying to involve. But as you're pitching this old man finds God, um, you end up with the interjection of sort of. Do you know what makes a good film? Do you know what everyone loves? Dolphins. So do you know what I want to see in the story? Dolphins. And suddenly your pitch takes a wild variation to try and create some sort of aquatic goodness. That's good. So yeah. So sorry. So it's a is it a lonely old man? It could be a lonely old man. Um, and so it's about him finding love at the aquarium. Yeah. Why not? And not in the way you expect. No. There's got to be a twist in there. Yeah. You can't create a summer blockbuster with just those three things. Yeah. Got to use your imagination. Yeah. And you've got forty-five seconds to do so. We found that actually we'd add extra time in because we we all talk a lot and. Yeah. The longer we left it, the more mental the ideas became, which was great fun. Mm-hmm. You were playing on Zoom, weren't you? Yes, this was what I was going to say. So the 
the game obviously doesn't work when you're stuck at home and it's just me and my husband because you can't pitch and do the same thing whereas we played a, as a group on zoom and there are probably better ways to do it but we ended up we had one camera facing down and um, that sort of showed what the cards were and then did it from there which made it playable like we we absolutely breezed through it and we really enjoyed it um but there's no you can't have secrets when you're playing those sorts of games so mm. whether you show the card or not because it's really rules light so you can mm. sort of tinker in with what you like and what you don't and um, so i think it would have been better if we hadn't seen the card so your pitch was then brand new Mm-hmm. don't necessarily know what's going to be on that pitch mm-hmm. um, to make it more interesting. And then when you're drawing cards, you're drawing cards for somebody else. And again, there's less less of a surprise. So as the host, you're having... Yeah, and it's you. host is probably the best way of describing You're hosting the game and broadcasting it to other people to then interact with. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, it's, it's obvious. It's what you expect. When you sit down and you think, actually, here's how this is going to physically work. You know how it does, but I... It's a thing with lockdown, isn't it? That it, it takes it takes more from you than you'd like. So I mm-hmm. we thoroughly enjoyed it, but I know if I took it to a game night and we all sort of sat around the table and did it that way, yeah. it's an increased interaction. So it's it's doable, but certainly not the best Zoom experience. Yeah, I think um, so. We I, I had a similar experience of kind of running out of steam mm. with the game on on Zoom, and that was uh, we were playing Wavelength uh, over um, over. Uh, uh, Zoom call of some kind, um, and while it starts off being uh, really good fun, um, that it does come to a point where everyone's quite fatigued by it. Yes, and I think generally we're fatigued by Zoom calls anyway. Yeah, uh, and screens and all this. Considering sort of stuff. it's all day at work for most people, mm-hmm. and then also into the evening. Because the yeah. thing is, we're as tabletopers, we like physical stuff. Mm-hmm. So then moving on to, like you say, the screens, it's a different. Is a different kind of game mm-hmm. without sometimes having the benefits of it being assisted in some way. Yeah. Just why I want to look more at the sort of virtual tabletops. I've sort of dipped dipped a toe in and, and played a little bit, but I think with the second lockdown it might be an idea to take a nosy at what we can do and see if that helps yeah. helps the interaction a little bit better and sort of eases things over rather than hosting in inverted commas a game. Yeah, I mean I did I did a little bit of um uh, I think it's Tabletopia. Is where I played the for the uh, Renegade Con. I played their new um, Vampire the Masquerade. Um, I think it's Rivals yes. card, like boxed card game. Yep, yep. Um, and it was the game. It's a testament to the game that it still remains exciting, even though you're playing with a group of people who haven't played it before. Yeah. Uh, everyone's learning it. No one knows each other. It's all virtual. Every and but everything's really um, everything's really clunky because. You know, the, the simulations, they simulate physical activity, but obviously you're not doing physical activity by wiggling a mouse about. Yes. Um, so uh, I think I think these things are worth investigating. And obviously a lot of people are already, like, well well in depth, uh, mm. in deep in deep uh, love with Tabletopia and um, tabletop simulation and things like that. Um, but it's, uh, it's always going to feel like a halfway house, I think, isn't it? Um, yeah, I think there's... There's that feeling of, I love the physical board games, that's what I like, Mm. but I want the experience. And sometimes they can facilitate that experience better than what we can at the moment. Mm -hmm. But then in contrast, I play a weekly D&D game, Mm -hmm. which works incredibly well online. Um, I generally, I'll have my iPad set up for Discord and we'll all chat. So I see everybody on the screen. Um, And then my computer will be open with Roll20 um, and D&D Beyond, which interact 
so yeah. I can do my roles from my character sheet that will then appear in mm-hmm. Roll20. And that works perfectly. And that means I can play with people that I wouldn't be able to meet up with weekly even if I could. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a toss of a coin between benefits of the online and difficulties of the online. But certainly the pandemic's lasted longer than many predicted, so... Yeah, so I think we, we're coming back to this uh, this reality. Yeah, um, it's less fun. I'll go back and to Dungeons and Dragons. It's, it's very it's very good for um, role playing games. It's been um, they've been one of the few kind of genres that's kind of sustained. Yeah, it's worked really well. Even even the groups that I haven't that will play a game with me, but mm. they'll play a party game. Yeah. Uh, that that side of groups, we then sort of did some some one shots with, and yeah. that worked phenomenally well. So benefit was because we then we would do a normal meetup on, online and you'd sort of run out of things to say because nobody's doing anything because you can't do anything mm-hmm. it's then just running a quick one shot D&D yeah. or RPG when they wouldn't normally has been quite fun and they've actually asked us to do another one which is cute I'm really excited about that yeah. people that aren't playing are now oh maybe we could it's brought a lot of people into the kind of gaming they didn't expect I, th- I said this yes. right, right at the start of, of the first lockdown which is you know people who um, were kind of what you'd call maybe like uh, just on the cusp of the hobby really mm. in terms of the heaviest of the hobby yes. so yes, people, yes, yes. people who play, you know, play Carcassonne and things like that they're suddenly jerry-rigging whole systems yep. so that they can um, so everyone can play Carcassonne over um, Zoom or whatever it yeah. is they want to use um, or, or even WhatsApp uh, in the most re- and in the most recent um, issue of uh, Miniature War Games our sister publication um, there's a really good article about another way you can play um, uh, board games or indeed uh, war games is if it you- the Twitter one? it's the Twitter <gasps> one I love yes. that um, it's, uh, it's probably one of my favourite articles in Miniature War Games for, for, a, um, for a little while. It's probably um, uh, top some of my previous favourites. And, yeah, so it's all about um, uh, someone running a Twitter war game. Yeah. Um, and uh, doing this, doing it sort of in a naturally a turn-based way, that's, that's fine, it works over Twitter already. You can, people can take their time yep. responding and, and things like that. Um, they, a lot of it was them adding drama. You know, by adding pictures to the the goings on, but um, but most interestingly was the fact that they didn't run it as a crunchy war game. They actually ran it more as an RPG. I thought of, that, and know. I'm I'm reading through. I immediately thought this would be great, and I've I've glimpsed at it being done on Twitter, where mm. I caught the tail end of something, mm-hmm. and they've said, "Here's a five tweet RPG. Mm. What happens?" next is oh, dictated yeah. by your responses and I love those yeah. but I thought that especially with the pictures mm-hmm. which sounds like a silly thing not to have considered before mm-hmm. but because it was showing you you've done this so this has happened yeah. and then, oh, oh what happens next yeah um, exactly I hadn't thought of it and I think it's brilliant yeah I think it's brilliant um, it's yes it's, 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 it was really wonderful but it's an RPG in the sense for for like from a war game perspective because um, the uh, the person hosting the war, <laughs> as it were, um, uh, they made decisions about whether they were going to roll or not. Mm. And so, I mean, traditional war gaming, you'd often say you're going to roll for pretty much everything you want to roll for because that's kind of the fun of it. That's the crunch. Yeah. You know, that's um, uh, part of the thrillers, um, absolutely decimating someone else's <laughs> squad. Um, uh with um, a, you know, a load of critical hits, you know, uh, but uh, but in this version, um, they were instead making just choices about what would most likely happen, only rolling when you need to, which is obviously a good bit of um, uh, game master advice. Yes. Um, for, from RPGs, and, and that seemed to make it 
kind of more dramatic for people involved. Yeah. Um, the banter seemed good yeah. on Twitter as well. And we that, talked about that side of things speeding it up as well. Yes. I think you, you have to be careful with how, almost how many people respond to you because it can mm. get messy. Um, but he certainly did it in a way that if you were, if it were, it was almost GMing that, yeah. like you say, that very, very good to keep the narrative going, yeah. roll when necessary, but then include the pictures, include the decisions, yeah. include, and everyone, everyone was joining in and able to take part in a really nice way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and... The, the, oh, a nice part of the, sorry this is just I'm just saying nice things I liked about this article it's <laughs> a really good article yeah, I really sorry. enjoyed it um, there was uh, a nice part about the setup which involved um, doing a flyover of the battle <laughs> of the battle um, uh, the battle zone the, you know, the war zone itself and the, the players could choose um, what height they flew at and how dangerous it would be and whether they get shot down and things like that and that, that, that was based on a roll um, but it meant they, the, the host could take a video of the flyover of, of their you know lovely bit of terrain and their lovely painted such minis such a good idea isn't and it so, it's so good um, it's just, it's just deeply dramatic in my brain trying to convert it to like right I've got a battle map and I've got a couple yeah. of miniatures what could I do could I do it as like a oh you're in a dungeon and then you turn a corner and you see something or yes you're, you're suddenly playing like um, turn based doom Yes. Um, you're, yeah, you're suddenly you're creating like three D lab- labyrinths yep. for your characters yep. to move through, but um, from the character's point of view. My kitchen table's gonna be <laughs> right mess now because I'm planning all sorts of mazes and oh, that's no. See, ideas are forming now. I could have like a, a minor tour and everything. Yeah, it was um yeah, it was a joy. And a sphinx. Have a riddle <laughs> yeah, at the end. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Whether that's on Twitter is another matter, but I could take that oh, right. Yeah. I just need the materials. Mm. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we, uh, there's. I mean, it's just a nice example of how um, we can play games that suit the way people want to play them. Um, yeah. Uh, I I think we're all at a point now where we're kind of hooked into the idea of doing it via video chats. But actually, you know, what about an RPG you play via text message? Yes. Or something like that. <laughs> Isn't there? I was desperate to play Alice is Missing. Yes. Still not played it, and I'm pretty sure that's through. Yes, that's the uses, messaging. That basically uses text messages um, to, to discuss them. It's a silent RPG, I think. I that's need right. to play that. I think that's what I like. It's just yeah. <laughs> RPG without the pressure. <laughs> yes. Speaking of RPGs without the pressure, the other way you can play games uh, during lockdown is um, by yourself. Yes. Um, I've recently been playing a lot of solo RPGs. Um, our most recent issue of the magazine, uh, uh, Column The Soloist, uh, which is a exploration of solo gaming, uh, all the different kinds of solo gaming, and we give you some examples of um, uh, the solo games you can check out that sort of fit within the theme that we're looking at that month. Um, this month it's um, solo RPGs. And you might be asking, how does one play an RPG by himself? Uh, or herself, even. Uh, I shall. How does one play an RPG by oneself? I'm glad you asked, Charlie. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's easier than you think. Um, yeah. But what it is, is it's a trick. You're tricking yourself into playing a game. That's what you're doing. Um, so, you know, what, what's the fun part of RPGs? Not knowing what's going to happen. The chaos that comes of um, of uh, talking to people, them saying something absolutely ridiculous, and then your brain um, just... Uh, suddenly lit up with the idea of your response which is somehow in character and uh, all these things and uh, that, that's the appealing part is just the the drama of it mm. and then so how do you get drama by yourself and the answer is um, uh, you add in like a certain level of mystery that can come in 
like a number of ways. So there's at the sort of um, crunchier end, you've got games like Iron Swarm, yes, um, which uh, uses a lot of um, sort of exploration uh, tools. Um, that that's that's probably the one that's got. It's probably one of the crunchier ones, uh, and it has a couple of Oracle tables you can roll off, which are similar to like the Spark tables in things nice. like Electric Bastion Land, which are just kind of just two just two words you shove together, and you go, oh, actually, that's this thing is a you know a um, you know corrupted botanical garden, right? Okay, I know what, I know where I am now yep. already. Um, what's it corrupted by? Okay, so I've got questions to ask myself and I can suddenly work through it. Um, it's probably the one that asks you to do the most work in that sense because the other ones I've played are things like um, uh, I think it's the Disciple of Bone and Shadow. Um, I've probably said that the wrong way around because I'm thinking of um, Beak, Feather and Bone as well. Um, <laughs> so uh, but I think it's the Disciples of Bone and Shadow which is a kind of um, build a hex crawl as you go game where you, uh, nice. again, you roll tables, you see what's in the area you're in and you decide what you're going to do with it. Um uh, and then once you've decided what you're going to do, you roll again to see if you're sneaking up on the monster, or or whether you're um, you got away okay, or you snuck past, or whatever it is you you want to achieve. Um, that has whole rules for mapping out underground dungeons, and it's it's a game where you end up just drawing a lot of maps, and that's quite nice. I like that. I've so my my recent foray into solo RPGs has been through a couple of Kickstarters that I've backed, mm. and um, whilst I've received the Kickstarter, they haven't been fantastic. And it's, it's been a disappointing foray. And um, so I sort of looked back and thought, right, especially with this article that you've done, um, I need to find some other ones. But I loved the look of um, any ones that you get something out of it. So like you say about building the maps and mm. things. Um, it just makes me think of Delve, which I believe yeah. um, we Dan Dreden did a review of that had the mm. really impressive little dungeon that he'd created. Was it a dungeon? Sort of yeah, so this is, this is uh, Anna Blackwell's... Uh, dungeon drawing map, which is kind of like Dungeon Keeper, kind of like Dwarf Fortress. Can you build a fortress um, by turning cards and um, uh, like answering prompts and things like that? Yes, yeah. yeah, so you get you get something out of it. Um, Which I think is a nice is a nice idea and a good way to to feel that you've done something. Because I think when you do some mm. when you play games on your own, the success doesn't feel as successful mm-hmm. or I find because I'm not sharing that success with somebody else yes, yeah. but when I can come out and go look look I made I made this this yeah. is really cool and so that's another it feels like I've gained something and that's another little category you can you can drop things into there for, for these solo RPGs which is things like artifact which is you know everyone talks about artifact I don't really need to explain it anymore but you know you're an artifact that's you're, you're an artifact you're a magic sword um, uh, you are the sconce from a front, the front of a boat. You are whatever you want to be, yeah. And you are going to tell the story of your life and your owners and all the people and like how you came to be. And then the idea, or the idea that's kind of sold with the game as its utility, um, which is kind of what we're talking about, like having something afterwards, mm. is that you've now got a magical artifact that you can take into your D and D game or your uh, or, exactly, yeah. So um, you end up with these. Um, places or objects that you can you can take on they're quite good fun mm. they're quite good fun um, but the, th- the games that really got to me were things like Thousand Year Old Vampire yep. uh, which we gave a must play or uh, Anna gave a must play yeah. um, some months back now uh, which uh, again uh, a bit of a darling of the solo gaming um, community uh, but that's a uh, similar to Artifact you are writing the history of your character as a vampire um Using a series of prompts, uh, you're encouraged to do these sort of very um, uh, 
two like almost two two statement lines for each entry, so they become quite poetic and whimsical. Um, and uh, you're rolling dice to work out which prompt you can do next. Um, and then you are storing these in uh, memories, in diaries. And these diaries can only hold so much. Um, and so you get to this point where you start you start losing memories because you're having to clear space out. Like you would in real life. Like you would in real life. If you if you are a thousand year old vampire, you probably can't remember everything. Yeah. So you so you retain but you retain your marks, your scars from your life, but you don't remember why necessarily. That's really interesting. It is really interesting. It's really, it is really, it is really interesting. Like, um, I'm genu- so in awe of designers of things like yeah. RPG, where they've they've had a phenomenal idea, and then not only have they done that, they've then turned it around so that you feel like you're having a great idea as you go along. It's sort of a, a whole thing. <laughs> I've made this, but I'm the one sat there with a with a memories of a vampire. I'm like, I've done brilliantly, but actually. Little designer sat there that did it in the first place. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah, Tim Hutchinson. Hutchins. Uh, he. The, the 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 work is incredible in that because you are then I also I, I feel I can make a case for it being a purer role playing experience than something like Dungeons and Dragons. Interesting. Because I, I mean I've I've said this to you personally a couple of times, but you know most role playing characters you play as are yourself, but like ten uh, percent more stupid and ten percent more brave. Yes. Yeah. We've, we've uh, talked about this. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's fine. That's fine. It's fun, right? That's fun with a group of people, but. Um, you're not actually playing that much of a role necessarily, whereas this you you are because mm. you're the the play comes in having to remember what you've forgotten. Yes. And so you as you as the you know the player knows everything about the characters of the vampire's history, but the vampire doesn't. So you need to the role you then play is the space of their memories, what they currently retain. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really smart. I think yeah. it's, it's almost it's re- it's really pure in terms of like the role playing you end up doing. Um, so yeah, that's that was uh, that's a thousand year vampire. But uh, the thing I'd like to shout out really is uh, the game, The Wretched, um, which is a audio log game. Yep. Um, and I feel like this is going to be your new. It's like last year, all you did was talk about Morkborg. Yeah, that was like be, a, yes. the go-to favorite. Yeah. And The Wretched, you've brought into conversation almost like every day this week. Yeah, it's been, <laughs> yeah, it's been like that. Um, and it's so you you, you uh, so it's the scene in Alien where. Um, uh, Ripley uh, ejects the alien out of the um, space pod. I'm going to call it, um, and uh, it's gone. And then she gets there, looking really sad at the end of the film, uh, and the uh, beautiful score rises. Um, anyway, um, this is like that, except the alien hang on, hung on to your ship, and your engines are dead. Um, and so it's a game about desperation. That's how it's sold. Um, but you record. Um, it works by you. You roll some dice. You uh, turn some cards. Um, you remove things from a Jenga uh, stack, um, and that re- that represents the uh, integrity of your ship. Um, nice. Um, so obviously, as you fix things or as bad things happen to your ship, as the alien attempts to uh, get in, uh, or you find a leak, or you find these sort of problems. Um, How do you say Jenga? I mean, literally a Jenga tower. Yeah, that's why you asked me the other day about whether I owned a Jenga tower. Yeah, so you could play and it. I was yeah. like, no, of course I don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> now uh, I need to require one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I used an online one, which is obviously less tactile, but um, it made the game oh, end. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, yeah okay, cool. It made the game end much quicker because um, I knocked it over much, <laughs> much, uh, much uh, speedier. Um, anyway, uh, and then you, at the end of the day, you consider what you did, and then you record an audio log, which is kind of just like a bit of improv that you do for yourself. Uh, and I think 
this is a really good trick because um, uh, to be honest with you, the first one you record, you feel pretty silly because <laughs> you're talking to yourself in your own house. You're probably whispering um, <laughs> because you don't want uh, the the uh, your family to hear you, for example, um, talking about um, uh, sending out a distress beacon. Um, it's bad enough normally if I try and do a TikTok, I wait until my husband's like upstairs in the office, door is closed, yeah. and then I'm like, right, okay, now I can talk rubbish about like, yeah. what stupid thought I've had about a game. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, so you end up doing you end up doing that. And it's, it's interesting because actually when you listen back to it, that sense of um, sounding unsure mm-hmm. and um, kind of whispering because... If you were recording these logs, you probably wouldn't be talking super clearly because mm. you're by yourself on a, a spaceship where all your friends have been murdered on. Um, nice, cheerful. Um, <laughs> it's not a cheerful game. It's not a cheerful game. It always ends in, nearly always ends in um, uh, bad things happening. Um, Happy 2021. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so if you wanted to feel like it, it's like Alien Isolation, the game, if the game wasn't actually about shooting aliens. Um, uh, it's a cool thing, though, the, the, the idea of recording it because... Um, I've, I've said to you before that through lockdown and through sort of lack of inter- interaction with other people, me and my friends have done voice notes yeah, instead of conversation, yeah. uh, instead of like text messages, mm. um, partially because we all ramble and we all talk too much, which I think is very clear, but also because we can hear each other talk and that's something that lockdown has made more difficult, so I'm yeah. not chatting to people as much. And those are sort of little snippets of the day. So if you then go back and listen to what you were describing or what you were chatting about, you almost forgotten what you've done mm-hmm. before or what you've said, but you hear yourself say it and you remember how you felt about it, yeah. which is a nice concept to then go into a game because you're creating that character and building on it and having those recordings. Yeah. And then next time you fancy playing it or even explaining the game, those recordings will give you a whole different yeah. view of, of, of things you will have forgotten. What did I say? Oh, look, there's all there's all yeah. these. I've got something to keep. I've got a memento. Yeah, yeah. Um, my, I mean, recordings I made... I think the first game I played it was sort of like half an hour long yeah. playing it recordings equaled up to about six seven minutes mm. so in the end it's like a very short thing I stitched them all together I listened to it back and I thought actually this is quite good yeah um, but if you then play the game again with yeah. different outcomes yeah exactly how interesting are those to then compare you're almost doing this like little episodes yeah. of, of your so, exploration it's like uh, I'll, attempt I'll, to survive I'll exp- uh, what I'll do is I'll I'll spoil um, one of the things that happened in my Adventure, um, yeah, um, and that is that. Um, uh, and one of the things that happened is I got two prompts uh, during the day because you you roll dice so you draw that many cards that gives you you turn those cards over one by one. They're the things you do in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, they they have mechanical effects such as draw another um, block from the tower. Yep. Um, uh, and they also have like I'm going to say narrative effects in the sense that when you think about what happened during the day um for example i had a bit a day where the um some food went off in one of the lockers there's mold everywhere and i had and rather than clear it out i had decided to seal it off instead just to keep all the mold so it doesn't spread um on the same day uh was a day when i decided to collect the bodies of my friends from around the ship nice and put them in the airlock the idea of ejecting them Okay. Yeah, and yeah. saying some final words and yeah. that sort of thing, and not being able to. And that, that those two ideas coming together um, meant that I had this like I had a day where I was um, dealing with like wasted food mm-hmm. and also wasted friends. 
<laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like really, but like the 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 metaphor and the, like the, the way those two things happening at once, mm. like the way they sort of parallel each other, and the idea of like not being able to release these bodies and then also sealing off this food, yeah, and like the way they sort of balance each other, it just tells a really interesting story. And the order mm. log that came out of that was um, very sad, obviously, um, but like poignant and interesting, yeah. uh, for my character. Um, and I was I was really impressed with what came out of this. What turned out to be, you know, it's a it's a twenty or thirty page little booklet. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing with that though, I, I, it's another thing that I haven't researched enough, and I, I probably will and will write something mm. on at some point. But um, someone tweeted recently that they they wanted to play a solo RPG, but they'd been looking for solo RPGs and found a lot of them to be in the sort of sad territory. I think is the they are. And and really they are they're all about sort of isolation or feeling low or, or things like that. And there's a there's a couple um that were suggested uh, that I'm certainly gonna mm. try and give a go. One of which was um there's a Kickstarter out at the moment and I cannot remember the name of it, so we may have to include it in the description. Um but it's all about um it's one that you mentioned actually and then I found. Uh where you're exploring, so your your mentor has gone missing. Um can you really? I'm looking at your oh, face. You're like, I can't remember what it is. Something, something lost, and it, it it just seems to tell this really beautiful story. Um, that yes, she's lost, but you're finding things. You're you're building it up. So there's there's elements of the sort of isolationing because it, it's you on your own, and that's always going to be the case. But that's one that I sort of potentially want to look into. Yes, that's very much. It's the friends you made along the way. Isn't yes. It? Um, like you, you probably don't find your mentor. In that, I assume. No, I assume but, you don't because that's well, that's know. the sad and obvious that could option. Be the hint. <laughs> um, but it might be that it might be that you do, but you might find sort of her life's work or, or prove something. Mm. Um, so I just I just think it's really it's a, it's something I hadn't really clicked to, yeah. and I think it's a whole different realm of RPGs to to have yeah. nosy at. But the the solo RPGs do deal with that sense incredibly mm. well, especially something like the Wretched, where mm. you're balancing mm. different everyday every day in inverted covers for someone who's stranded on a ship in the middle of nowhere um circumstances to then and then nice to come up with something as well oh just as a note it's called the field guide to memory the field guide to memory oh field yeah memory. yes i remember now yes that looks really good it looks i honestly the amount of times i've clicked on it and then gone do i like it do i not i have i have a lot of games at the moment i probably shouldn't but but i totally could and i probably will i know what i'm like field guide to memory field guide to memory um, moving on from isolation, quarantine, yes. lockdown, yeah. and so on. Yeah. Um, have we got anything joyous to talk about? Uh, well, there's always new games coming out, and that's always very exciting. Um, so that I'm, I'm intrigued by those. I mean, that's that's mm. new and potentially exciting, but we'll find out as we go. Um, is the sort of emergence of board games onto digital platforms, like mm. we said, but the onto the Switch, onto the Nintendo Switch? Yeah. So the big one that's newest and is most exciting is Wingspan. That came out on something like the 29th of December. Um, but there's tons of things. Like I, I, what was it I looked at? Was it Sagrada I looked at? Mm-hmm. Um, all those sorts of um, games that are fun to play anyway, but now on quite a nice little handheld game console and hopefully mm-hmm. with... Because what I'd like to do, because I've not played Wingspan, I'd like uh. to try it on Switch and see how the learning experience is. Yes. Because that's what I always find hardest with games mm. is I'm absolutely addicted once I play them, but it takes me a while. Yeah. And, and I think longer than most, or it feels like longer than most, to get over a hurdle of 
learning what I'm doing to then absolutely loving it. Um, and I'm I'm curious, so I may have to come back to to let you know yeah. um, as to how that works and if it works. Mm. Well, my little bit of joy mm. that I'd like to offer is a game that isn't for everyone. Oh. Isn't for everyone, but controversial start. Uh, but I sort of liked and gave a lukewarm recommendation of this, uh, which <laughs> what is, is this going to be? This is <laughs> this is micro macro. Oh yes, um, by Pegasuspiel. Um, can I can I can I preface this because yeah. I was addicted to the start of this? Yeah, go on. So it was a marketing presumably thing to try and get us all interested mm-hmm. in, which which it totally did. Um, we randomly got a postcard sent to the office mm-hmm. that had pretty much nothing on it, just a address, and then on the other side it had like a, a line drawing um, of like a, a scene, but with tiny, tiny little details. Mm-hmm. So little people and little buildings and little this, that and the other. Um, and as we sort of looked on Twitter, other people had received them, but they'd received different ones. Um, and then over the course of maybe a week, two weeks, mm-hmm. we received nine postcards, mm-hmm. which we discovered all fit together in one massive scene. Um, so obviously we did the thing that you do, which is like Google the postmark and try mm-hmm. and find out what it is that we came from. So we had an idea that it was from Pegasus Spiel by the end of it. But Well, actually, I, I, remember, I think what we did was we, we found... The person it had come from is someone who does something like design and layout inside um, some previous Pe- Pegasus Spiel games. Yep. That's how we found out. So we found it in like a rules, rule book PDF somewhere online. Yeah, it was really so it was, like obscure. We were like, right, okay, but there's nothing, no, no other clues to go on. But we got, oh, I, I got very invested in it. Yeah. And on Twitter, the, the discussions as well were very invested into what it could be. Um, with the reveal that after we've sort of gone, we're looking through these scenes yeah. and when they all fit together, there's there's a little man that goes the entire way through and mm-hmm. there's crime happening and yeah. we're trying to, is it a Where's Wally? It's not a Where's Wally because it tells the story. Mm. Um, and then at the end, we had the reveal that it was Micro Macro. Yep. Which is a game that you then played, which... Uh, and it is Where's Wally? Or w- rather... Uh, Detective it, Where's Wally? It's Detective Where's Wally. It's uh, Who Done It, Wally? Yes. Not where, I, not where is he, but where did he die? <laughs> who or, did he kill? Or, or what did he, did he steal? Exactly. <laughs> um, yet so to be you, determined. You get this ginormous paper map that you unfold of uh, cities teeming with people and crime. Um, and accidents as well. People just accidentally... Um, crashing the cars and things like that Ooh. um anyway uh and you are each you give a little case uh deck of cards which ask you questions like find this person in this in the west of the city mm. and then you find them uh and you find the grid number they'll be like in g4 or whatever it is and then you turn the card over and it'll say ah oh, this is this person they've been found uh dead mm. um and so because you found their body mm. um and uh then it will say um where were they last before the before they died? And then you look around on the map looking for that character elsewhere mm. and you find that, oh, they were outside the market. Ooh. And then you check that, you check the grid number, you turn that over. And then the next one is like, what, what things did they eat on the way to their death from where they started? Mm. Um, and then you find all those things. And then you try and work out what it is that poisoned them. For example, this is just, I'm, giving, I'm spoiling, I suppose, one of them <gasps> a little bit. Um, but uh, and then you find, and then you use a bit of lateral thinking maybe to mm. work out that maybe the kind of person who would want to poison someone who owns a restaurant is a rival restaurant, um, 
Good thinking. And you might you might do that, and then you might work try and work out what what killed the person, uh, and then ultimately you, you've done it. And the map displays not only a whole city all at once, but also it at, it at different times. So yeah. you can trace someone through the city. Um, it is huge. The map. Isn't it's it? absolutely huge, and the the characters on it are very small. So, and this is why it's only a lukewarm recommend because this should be a perfect game for to be played with with all, all ages. Yes. But if you're playing with people who are, haven't got very good eyesight, or you don't have like studio lighting in your house, you're going to have a <laughs> or lot a of problems. Big enough. And, or everyone has to bring their own magnifying glass <laughs> and torch. Uh, we found we that we, makes it very like Sherlock Holmes though. I'd do that with a yeah. Is it called a deerstalker? Yeah, you, could do, you could do it with a deerstalker. Yes. Pipe. And the magnifying glass. Yeah. I'm ready to go for micro macro. Um, and so, for I, I would give it a strong recommend if you've if everyone's got good vision. <laughs> um, but for, for or a slight where's Wally obsession. We, we, this is the adult one. Yes. We, <laughs> um, we found that um, it's, it would be would have been a perfect like family game for that. Um, but it just um, the older people we were playing with sort of checked out because they just couldn't mm. see as well what they needed to see. Yeah. Um, so that was that was a minor stumbling block for us, and um, uh, and for those of us who continued playing it, we found that eventually it sort of you sort of get it, yeah, and you sort of feel like you've run out of time. But but if you were looking for something that's kind of the game equivalent of a jigsaw puzzle <laughs> that you would maybe do on a holiday or over Christmas or something like that, yes, it's, it would be a great game to if you've got a spare table in your house to leave out, yeah, and sit down Just together pop in and, and, out. and popping out of. The, I think part of our problem is we played a lot of it in a row. Yes. You wouldn't, and I think it's actually a game you want to have, have little nibbles of. Yeah. Um, and if you can do that with all these caveats, yep. it's actually a joyous little game. And another little benefit, because the first thing I said to you, though, wasn't it, that the thing is, when you play Where's Wally, <laughs> you find Wally, and then you remember where Wally is every time. But you said there's a lot of investigation cards, a lot of things. Yeah, so to there's find. something you like should... 16 cases. Um, on this huge map and then there's more you can get from online as well um so there is a lot and you are doing a lot of different kinds of investigations nice as you as you go through so sometimes you're just tracking someone a lot i mean a lot of the time you're just tracking someone something yeah. and but then, then there'll be something to pick up along the way exactly something you yeah. may have missed or exactly you'll think occasionally on the harder cases like there'll be we'd have missed one thing mm. um you know and that and that means that in those cases, the, the the lead investigator can't. They're the one who looks at the card to decide if you've passed or not. Yep. And then they can't help anymore. Right. Um, yes, of course. Which is a bit. It's a bit player eliminationy. Um, yeah. Uh, which wasn't. It's not really that much of a problem because we got them right most of the time. Yeah. Which is kind of to say that, not that it's easy, but it's a game with like certain patterns in it. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, we got quite liked it. Nice. Quite liked it. I like the sound um, of it. Yeah, I I wish I could recommend it harder, <laughs> uh, but it's it's very good and very interesting. Yeah. Um, as well. Cool. Do you have any joy you'd like to share? Yeah, my last one that I'm really quite excited about mm. is the new game or board game conversion of Slay the Spire. Oh yeah. I like many others tapped into Slay the Spire, thinking, oh, I'll play that. That's just a nice little game and you start playing it and you think oh this is quite reminiscent of of a tabletop game and then suddenly it's like six hours later and then you do the same every night for six weeks determined I'm, to get through <laughs> i'm right in saying because I've, I've not actually played it but my understanding of it is that it's a 
deck building Dark Souls. Yes. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. So you're you're given your character and you have your opponent to fight against mm. and you've got your initial deck of cards plus some relics that give you mm. bonuses and potions that you can use to fix things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll just play those cards against them, try and protect yourself and try and attack them um, with the goal of going through as many monsters as possible to get to the top to slay yep. the spire. Um, but you have your different characters, so they'll play differently. You have your different decks that you're given at the beginning. There are The relics give you different bonuses there was one when i played and the relic told me that um i got a new relic every round i played mm-hmm. which meant i was so op it was unreal and i mm-hmm. sailed through um but not all relics are good relics sometimes they they hinder you a little bit so it's a really nice game that no game feels exactly the same mm. which is why you can lose so much time to it yeah um but it feels because it is it's deck building it feels like a tabletop game so yeah, my I mean, initial thought was, is this based on a tabletop game that I'm not aware of, and this is the digital conversion of it, no. which it's not, mm-hmm. but it now will be. Yes. So we're going from a digital game inspired by a tabletop to a tabletop game inspired by a digital game inspired by a tabletop game. I'm trying to think if that's right or not. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Tabletop game at the end. Yeah. Definitely. Inspired on a digital game. Yeah. Based on a tabletop game. Yeah. Um, I'm just coming... stupid. <laughs> it's coming to Kickstarter. Um Q1, I think. So we should see it relatively quickly. Um, but it's by a company whose name you'll have to give, forgive me, I've forgotten. Um, but they have another card game. Mm. So hopefully they know what they're doing. And I'm really excited. I think it's going to be great. Excellent. Cool. Well, I think that's a podcast. Yeah, we'll call that a podcast. Yeah. We've chatted. Um, and the next time we do this... Um, we will uh, we'll be doing it digitally over Skype or something. Yes. Uh, so that's a bit of a shame, but yeah. it's okay. Internet connection dependent will be great. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As is like the law of the land at the moment. Yes, absolutely. Um, so uh, where where are we? Where can we be found? Anywhere and everywhere. Mm. So tabletopgaming.co.uk. Tabletopgaming.co.uk is your best site for everything. You can pick up a subscription there as well if you'd like. Yeah. Um, Socials-wise, you're looking at at Tabletop Mag, which is Twitter and TikTok. Mm. You have Tabletop Gaming Magazine, which is Facebook, and Tabletop underscore gaming underscore magazine for Instagram. Excellent. Uh, if you have any comments or you, you like the podcast tool, pick up a subscription, tell a friend, uh, leave a review on the iTunes store. Uh-huh, we, should, yes. we should mention that sometimes. Yeah, that's a cool um, thing. Also, if you have any recommendations for upbeat solo games... Yes, so if you upbeat solo RPGs, um, that because that's where I'm going to be looking next. That's yeah. what I want to do now. So, can you name a happy solo RPG <laughs> and a good one? Yeah, and a good one. And a good <laughs> Don't just name them. Just yeah. like yeah. let me enjoy those because I'm, I'm unsuccessful for raising to solo RPG. I'd like to try with some new, different, and maybe cheerful ones because that's Absolutely. what Twitch needs. So let me know in the comments, please. That would be fabulous. Yeah. Uh, so I'm Chris. I'm Charlie. Uh, and this is Tip Top Gaming. Woo! Bye. Bye.